Hey, lovely listeners, welcome to June and welcome to the ninth episode of Truth or Delina. To end off the segment of weird things, we're going to go for the anecdotes, mainly scams, frauds, and pyramid schemes that I've lived through to tell the tale. While it might not be as dramatic as it sounds, it certainly is entertaining, and hopefully I'll save you some trouble in the future from kind of getting into these situations in the first place and having enough material to write a podcast episode about it. So I guess uh, let's get going. The first story that I think of when I think of the unfortunate times that I've been scabbed in my life was one that happened kind of September-ish at a football game. Basically, there was this extras company that was recruiting for actors and actresses to help support local programs um, around the community. Me and my friends, we signed up. We weren't really expecting any calls, but we were thinking it'd be a fun little bucket list item to check off. When people approach you for these random opportunities, it's like, I want to believe in the universe and I want to believe in the goodness of people. But this didn't really turn out to be that way. The interview was held in a slightly kind of empty office. They had just moved in, was at least the story that they told us. They didn't even have an appropriate nameplate for their office. It was just kind of plastic wrapped slash stickered on to the main metal plating. And the posters that they had on the wall seemed photoshopped. The lady seemed like she had no idea what she was talking about, even though she's been working in the industry for 10 years. All of this was just kind of making me a little nervous. I was very like on edge. The way that they set up the system was that they have an online extras finding platform that you had to sign up for, put in your parameters, your interests, what you've done before, like kind of create your online portfolio, and then you get to find your gigs through it. They asked us to input our banking information because in order to even use the gig system, you have to pay for a subscription. That to me, again, was like step number two. This is kind of sketchy, but the lady was explaining that it's important for the film companies to even like be able to sustain the system. They need funds to do so. And people need funds in order to have motivation to post things, something like that. Because we were all together, we were like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. I did have an empty bank account at the time that I put my account number down for because I was thinking worst comes to worst, they won't be able to pull any money from that, right? When I got home, I Googled the company, checked out the website a bit more because I just couldn't shake this gut feeling that I had. And I'm sure you guys have had that experience before where there's, well, in this case, there were some reasons to be sketched out, but In other cases, it's just your body knows before you actually know what the answer is. That goes for bad first dates. That goes for opportunities that maybe aren't the best or aren't what they appear to be. And that goes for scams. (laughs) I ended up finding the kind of the bulk of the background information about the company after searching up their company home building address. This address ended up matching up to five or so different agencies that all had a similar website layout, super sketchy looking. And those linked to news articles and Reddit users and other reviewers saying that they were scammed by the subscription service and lost hundreds of dollars because even if you cancel it, 
it'll still keep pulling from your credit card. We ended up all canceling our debit cards, ended up having to reallocate our payday stuff and everything else, but luckily nothing had been activated yet. And I was glad to have done some research about the program. I think that when you have that sort of gut feeling, even if it's a scam or if it's whatever, it is worth investigating because your gut pulls from all the other areas of your body, right? Like our bodies have so many different sensors, so many different like abilities to interpret information. And if that manifests in your gut kind of telling you, "Mm, there's something fucked up here, I think it's worth kind of exploring. Now, sometimes that might be anxiety, but when you think back in the day, anxiety was a way for us to keep safe. It's fight or flight. And when it happens very often, when it happens in situations that you're used to and that you keep experiencing it, like when I present in front of people, I'm always fucking anxious as fuck. But that's like, I know that that anxiety is not as like valid or as indicative of me needing to protect myself. It's just because it makes me nervous and it's something that I've built up a routine to. When it's something that's new that you haven't experienced yet, and you're having some anxieties, you're having some gut shaking feelings, definitely look into it because it might save you a little trouble. Speaking of getting scammed by companies, I think that like car salesmen are probably some of the biggest scammers in all of ever. And I'm sorry if you're a car salesman or if you're anywhere in that sector. I just just don't like you guys, TBH. The car company that I bought my car from called me about a month ago to tell me that the prices are really high now and that I should trade in my used vehicle. I made it pretty clear to them that I only want to sell because I'm moving back for school and there's no need for me to get another vehicle. They got me in a test drive anyways for a cheaper quote-unquote car, which ended up being more expensive as well as less equipped than the car that I currently have. And they were like insisting on me trying out different vehicles, even though I had already said, this is my intention. I booked this time off of work to bring in my car to sell it. They asked me for what price I was expecting, and I kind of gave them my bracket. The manager told me that the market was at the highest when I bought it, which is why they won't be able to accommodate it. And I should come back when I'm more reasonable with my numbers. This made me mad because number one, I don't think that a man would ever be talked to that way, like forced kind of on a test drive and then told my numbers are unreasonable. And two, they had said that the costs are high right now and that they're trying to bring the cars back in, but then basically had just wanted me to trade up cost wise so that they could, you know, increase their inventory. I think that they were actually stupid to be honest, because They had gotten my last name wrong, even though they had my license in hand. They kept on getting my other car information and my model information wrong as we were going through the process. When they initially talked to me on the phone too, they kept on saying like, are you this type of girl or are you this type of girl and blah, 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 based on how I was communicating with them. And that was degrading. And again, idiocy. I'm the person that they're trying to get the car from. Like, that's not how you treat buyers and that's not how you would treat a man. Overall, the experience was pretty frustrating because at the end of the day, when I said that I didn't want to trade in, that I did want to sell for this price, the sales guy was instantly dismissive. And that salesman was 
is worth noting the same man that sold me the car when I was with my dad last year. I don't think that he would have reacted that way if he did. What's more is that the salesman that was working through a lot of situation with me, he ended up apologizing, had actually slid into my DMs to flirt with me, tell me that my license picture was super cute and that he's not ready for a relationship or a date or whatever right now because he had just gotten out of something, but that we should be friends first and that I would eventually come around anyways, even though I said I'm not interested in somebody who doesn't know what they want. The level of unprofessionalism in this scenario was extremely disappointing. Speaking of disappointing, I understand when people are making an income off of products that they actually update, products that they thrift flip, products that they are getting to a wider market that wouldn't have otherwise had access to it. When you're taking something from a thrift store, especially something like a Goodwill where it's by weight and you're paying significantly less for it and then upselling it on the internet when people need clothes and I don't know, like you're taking those products away from another demographic and when you're selling it for your own personal gain, it's just like, I don't know if you guys know what drop shipping is, but essentially it's acting as the middleman between a distribution company and the user And while you're doing that, marking up the price so that you can get a cut of that as well. You don't have to handle delivery. You don't have to handle anything else besides just being the website in which people can actually purchase the product from. My brother got into dropshipping a little while ago and it ended up being fake. Okay, I'll say that. It kind of scared me because he was showing my mom how he had made hundreds of thousands of dollars overnight. As he was going through that process, I was doing a lot of research and it really struck me as like, my 15-year-old brother is upselling things, marketing it to his friends for a product that while they can get it for $2, he's instead selling it for $20, $25, $30. My main issue with scammers, I guess, is the fact that they seem to lack a bit of empathy, especially the ones who kind of continue getting rich off of scamming other people. Supporting yourself financially nowadays is hard for everyone and scammers just make it harder and they breed more scammers or it's just like it goes back to the whole pyramid scheme thing where everybody's just worried about themselves and worried about making themselves rich without worrying about how that might impact other people, how that might impact their personal relationships and how, I don't know, like how the fuck do you not feel bad about yourself for just boldly lying like not even putting in any work in order to make that income because you're just taking something that already exists and you're saying "Mm, i'm gonna mark it up a hundred and something percent because i want money and i want to be involved in that i don't know maybe that's how life works and whatever it's just not my cup of tea now we got to the pyramid scheme part of things and this is my personal favorite story because it really (laughs) i want to say that it kind of blindsided me but my friends have said of course Delina, you'd be the person to fall into a pyramid scheme because you love talking to new people and that's exactly what happened me and my friends we were at a speed skating event back in december i want to say we had ran into this lady who i think had complimented her on how nice her lipstick shade was 
it was a bright orange, but it suited her skin tone really well. And we got to talking about how she had started her own business. We ended up vibing really well. And, and I really liked just how open and honest she was about her journey. So we ended up connecting on Instagram. I followed up with her a couple weeks later just to actually get chatting about it because I, over the Christmas break, I was thinking maybe starting my own business might be a good opportunity. Entrepreneurship is on the rise. I'm a creative person. I would love to be my own boss as most people are. So let's see what this lady has to say. Initially, she was very kind and she still is kind. Um, but I didn't really kind of see that other side of things until later on in our conversations. We had our first coffee chat and we talked all about the who, what, when, where, why, how of our interest in starting our own business and how she got to where she is. As much as it seemed very genuine at the beginning, once you start complimenting the fifth or sixth person that we come across, it's not genuine to me, especially when it's on things like, I really love your sweater and it's just a green crew neck. Oh, I really love your scarf. It's just a dark red scarf. At some point, it starts becoming like, why are you doing this? And at some point in the conversation, she actually kind of exposed herself and said, I'm always looking for the opportunity to compliment. That was kind of my first red flag. Because when you compliment someone, it should come from a genuine place of admiration. It shouldn't come from you looking for the opportunity because then the kindness is acting. It's something that's supposed to, that ends up making you feel better about yourself as well as making another person feel better about themselves. And that's not a bad thing, but it is a bad thing if that's the only reason that you ever compliment people. She and I really bonded over our whys in our discussion retiring our parents, wanting to help our families get to a better place, wanting to eventually use our money to start a foundation to help support underprivileged members of the community. She mentioned that throughout her journey, she's realized that this goal is her number one. She's started missing out on weddings. She's like, you have to prioritize this if you actually want to make it but she was still pretty vague about the actual business aspect. The initial context that she gave me was that her and her brother started this business and her brother actually got her into building this mystery business. She was saying how it's all about who you associate with and that's like pretty age old advice. Who you surround yourself with is who you become. And she's like, at some point I realized that I need to heighten my connections and heighten my energy in order to get to where I want to go. It's like asking advice from a divorcee about marriage. You can't do that because that person doesn't have experience there. You can't ask your parents about entrepreneurship advice because they haven't been there. Well, initially it kind of sounded normal to me. And I was like, yeah, I've heard that before. That makes sense. When you really think about it, the way that she said it, it was like, you can't talk to people who don't have inherent value in that. And I think that's pretty dehumanizing. You have something to learn from everyone. And I've always said that. And so when she said that you can only really get opinions from people who have done it before, 
like, yeah, their opinions are probably more valuable in terms of their experiences, but the people that know you giving advice have the weight of they know you and they know how you specifically operate. So I think both have their strengths and their weaknesses. She also showed me and the ESBI matrix. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically describing the four different ways in which you can make an income. Employees, small businesses are on the left-hand side, and then investments and big business on the right-hand side. She kind of explained how it's great when you upgrade from employees to small businesses because you get to be your own boss, but it's still time to money is like a one-to-one ratio versus investments and big business are where you want to be because your time will grow your money exponentially. She furthered that by saying you want to buy for yourself instead of paying for other people. You want to be buying from your own business, which is what she does, instead of paying for other people's businesses. The business that she runs makes her about five to 6,000 extra every month for about 10 to 15 hours a month as part-time. The numbers and the explanation were a bit odd to me, but I held on and she signed me up for a group call. (laughs) The intro to the call was, well, first of all, this was a Zoom call. It was in focus mode. So you couldn't really see anybody else on the call besides the host, but you would get kicked out of the call if you didn't have your camera on. It was kind of weirdly blinding in a way. The call started off with a little bit of a um, dream big introduction. It went something like this. These people changed my life. They are incredible. They had big dreams and they know how to get you there. Something fucking stupid like that. (laughs) And then they introduced the couple. They were dressed fancy, but they were clearly just in a bedroom in their home. There was like a little dream board at the back that they introduced to us saying, this is something you need to do. Like basically manifesting things. And they got into kind of how they even initially met and became a couple in the first place. Their first date story was a business chat. She went out with him. He told her about how he started his business. And she told him at the time, seems like a pyramid. (laughs) The way that they acknowledged this was kind of hilarious. He said that the goal of starting your own business is to take care of more than your family. That should be your goal. But then also went to say these people care about you probably more than your own family. And why would you talk to Google or your mom about stuff that they don't even know? There's a little bit of like wholesomeness, but a little bit of what my mentor was kind of talking about during our coffee chat conversations. He said, everything's a pyramid when you think about it. Everything's a hierarchy. Realistically, Pyramids are part of all systems that we use. And so if you Google it and it says that the organization that they're a part of is a pyramid, it's probably wrong because it's just detracting from the benefits that you can get by joining their organization. To me, this whole kind of segment of the chat was discrediting other people and the people that care about you. At some point, they even said strangers can sometimes care more. What the fuck does that mean, right? In the call, they also said things like they're allergic to average, that they find it repulsive, and they're sad that other people can't make their way up the way that they did as well. We're all already salespeople. And they acknowledged the pyramids and MLMs multiple times and said that they were illegal, but this is not it. 
I think the thing that really bamboozled me the most throughout their discussion was the fact that they only had 15 to 20 consistent customers, but apparently were able to maintain themselves off of that income. Later on in the presentation, though, they also added on to that saying, okay, we have these customers, but we also have this double eagle chart. And they pulled it up and it was like this flow chart of when you get other people to start their businesses, that's when you get these production or distribution bonuses that ultimately contribute the most to your income. The impact is greater than that of a social media influencer, they said. I think... The realization hit me when I kind of made more and more of those connections between my mentor and this couple. Everything ties back to their business. They rushed through kind of the why, although the why was the same reason, which, oh, help our parents, help your family, you need to help more than your family. Everything just seemed super calculated and trying to distance you from other people who care. It's It's kind of selfish as well. They kept reiterating the idea that you don't need to be working to feel that you love or that you like the products, you just need the money. Yeah, everything just seemed slightly impersonal. Like a quote that really kind of solidified things for me was when my mentor told me, it might not burn for you now because you are comfortable, but it will burn for you later. I don't know. Throughout the entire presentation, They insulted those who wanted to be normal and to work as employees. My mentor here was implying that I couldn't really be comfortable with being normal and that eventually I'm going to want more. I think that that's the problem in the world with billionaires and the top 1% that don't see beyond their rose-colored lenses. The people that kind of look down on people who are just trying to make it in the world and that don't want to become super rich and hoard all this money and power over people. I think that a saying that relates to this is don't bite the hand that feeds you. If you're saying that we benefit off of other people, then how are you insulting the idea of working for other people? (laughs) Yes, we do all work as a part of pyramids, I guess, in terms of the hierarchy, but at least one is clear and we accept our role in it, while the other one is schemy, obviously, deceptive, and plans on training and brainwashing to continue the system. Overall, their kind of presentation concluded with, why do you want to help other people build their dream when you could be building your own? That is just extremely selfish. And at the end of the day, I was like, conked out, this is not for me. What did I learn about this whole thing? I guess like, a whole lot about pyramid schemes for one, but also I learned a lot of other good things throughout the process. Like sure, I almost got looped into a conference with the members and you had to pay a subscription fee, start your own business. But I also learned that I should know my why, even if I don't want to become a billionaire or become rich, or even if I don't want to do all those things, the why will help push me towards what I actually want to do and that I should stay authentic to that path. I've also really learned that all we really have is the now. Like You have to structure and live in the present to even reach the future. But because like by the time you reach the future, what you thought you wanted might not even be relevant anymore. So it's good to be reflective of that. To change your life, you'll also have to be uncomfortable. 
you have to choose your company wisely. You have to be more accountable, consistent, ambitious, and have a high self-image as well as being organized and humble as you go through the process. Lastly, I learned that the balance between personal and professional advice can blur simply because we are all human. This is the inverse of what my mentor told me, but I think it's fine if we still shamelessly call our moms for life advice, not because they're qualified, but because they know you. They know who you are, what your strengths are. And even though you don't have to take it as an oath, I think having that humanity and having that personal stake in everything you do will eventually help you get farther in life. Thank you for tuning in to the ninth episode of my podcast. Take a page from my book, or please don't. And I'm not saying to be more pessimistic or more critical all the time, but just be careful. The worst of these situations is the fact that these people are so ignorance is bliss that they don't even know or don't even care about the harm that they're causing. We've got to keep our eyes peeled and think just a little harder. As always, tune in next time for another episode of Truth or Delina, and I can't wait to chat again soon. My name's Delina. Cheers.